Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Senior Director of Billboard Charts. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Deputy Editor Digital. Hello, my friend Katie. How are you? Hi, my friend Keith. I'm doing quite well. How about yourself? I'm okay. Um, it's warm. <laughs> I heard it's warmer for our New York colleagues right now, though. It's also, it would be really warm if we had any um, colleagues in the Northeast. No, uh, uh, Northwest? Yes. <laughs> Northwest. Who, like in the Pacific Northwest? Is it really gross there right now? Yeah, apparently. Oh, it's, I don't even know. It's like 40 degrees hotter than it normally is this time of year. I went to the Valley this weekend, everybody, so I do know what hot feels like. And you but... made it back. To... <laughs> and I made it. <laughs> you made it back. Um, well, as always, the Billboard Weather Podcast, <laughs> Pop Shop Podcast, is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got chart news on how Olivia Rodrigo returns to number one on the Billboard 200 Albums chart, and how her, perhaps surprisingly, uh, considering her success over the past few years, gets her first top 10 album on the Billboard 200 with, again, it may surprise you, her first full-length studio album. So you may be thinking, wait, hasn't she had stuff chart before? And you're right, she has. And I'll tell you why you're probably confused in just a few minutes. Wasn't she nominated for Album of the Year, Keith? (laughs) She sure was, Katie. (laughs) Also on the show, we have news about Britney Spears' public comments during a hearing on her conservatorship last week, plus a new song and video from Ed Sheeran, and a major pregnancy reveal from Cardi B at the 2021 BET Awards. Cardi's performance got us thinking about the evolution of how musician moms have announced their pregnancies to the world, or not. So stick around for that in just a bit. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. Okay, let's do the chart chat. First up, it's a quiet week, relatively, in the top 10 on the Billboard 200 albums chart as Olivia Rodrigo's Sour returns to number one for a second total week as it steps three to one in its fifth week on the chart. It earned 105,000 equivalent album units in the U.S. in the week ending June 24th. That is down 14% compared to the previous week. And, of course, this is according to MRC data. The album debuted at number one on the chart dated June 5th. Uh, Kind of cool about this is that this is the fifth week uh, for Sour and the fifth week in a row. So all five of its weeks have had earned in excess of at least 100,000 units. In excess wow. of at least, sure, you get the idea. It's at I least like 100,000 units in excess. or more. In excess, you know, <laughs> need, need sour tonight. Um, <laughs> and the the last album, the only other album to do that so far in 2021 was Morgan Wallen's Dangerous, the double album, which also had earned more than 100,000 in each of its first five weeks. But hey, big caveat here is that Morgan Wallen had more than 30 songs um, helping its, you know, big, you know, streaming unit numbers and track unit numbers every week, whereas Olivia just has 11 tracks on her album. So yeah. um, while we don't normally compare things that way, I thought it was worth noting that Olivia did it with far fewer tracks. Yeah. Uh, next up, the only debut in the top 10 comes from singer-songwriter Her as she collects her first top 10 album. 
with Back of My Mind as it debuts at number six with 36,000 equivalent album units earned. Uh, The top 10 arrival continues a banner year for her, uh, who won the Academy Award for Best Original Song earlier this year and took home two more Grammy Awards, bringing her total Grammy count to four. Um, Though Back of My Mind is billed as her's debut full-length studio album, it actually follows six charting EPs and compilations dating back to 2017, and the highest charting of those was the six-song 2018 effort, I Used to Know Her, The Prelude EP, which topped out at number 20. And as Katie mentioned, her has been nominated for Album of the Year at the Grammy Awards, and I think that was actually for one of those compilations that took two of her earlier EPs and combined them together, and I think maybe added some bonus tracks. Yeah, it was it was the I Used to Know Her like compilation Combo something. platter. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in 2021, it's sometimes nebulous to determine what is or isn't a sort of an album i mean it charted on the billboard 200 so these eps we still consider them albums right but an artist will often have their own definition of what they think is a full body of work and it just gets a little bit more murky as the months go by but i mean i think if you ask the average kind of music fan they probably would have thought hers had a top 10 by now right right actually no um, but so congrats to her. I mean, I don't know. Tony Award next? What's next for her? Jeez. Yeah, I mean, she just performed at the BET Awards. I, we talked about the fact that she performed at the CMT Awards uh, just a few weeks ago. So And before the Super Bowl, right? Awards Two? shows love her. Yeah. She, maybe she'll <laughs> perform at the Olympics. There you go. Anything is possible. Uh, <laughs> lastly, over on the Billboard Hot 100 chart, BTS's Butter stands pat. At number one for a fifth straight week, Katie is shaking her head at me. <laughs> I think um, they can hear that. <laughs> <laughs> a vigorous nod through through the <laughs> microphone. Following its debut atop the list five weeks ago, Butter drew twelve point four. That's Gary. No. I'm just I'm just I'm just liberally ripping off Gary. <laughs> drew twelve point four million US streams down one percent and sold a hundred and twenty eight thousand downloads, up fifteen percent in the week ending June twenty fourth, according to MRC data. It also attracted twenty seven point six million radio airplay audience impressions, up six percent in the week ending June twenty seventh. Uh, the track posts its fifth week atop the digital song sales chart, rebounds 24 to 18 on the streaming songs chart, and rises 25 to 22 on the radio songs chart. Speaking of the radio songs chart, Katie, uh, mm-hmm. this chart, which you know, uh, ranks the most popular songs across all formats of radio in the U.S., uh, Dua Lipa's Levitating, featuring Baby, climbs to the top of the chart this week with 80.7 million in audience for the week, uh, and that's down 1%. It's Dua's second number one on the chart, following Don't Start Now, which spent four weeks at number one over a year ago. Also, as Radio Songs chart manager Gary Trust writes online this week, Levitating hits number one in its 37th week on the Radio Songs chart, completing the longest climb to number one in the chart's 30-year history. It actually passes the 35-week rise of Gabby Barrett's I Hope, featuring Charlie Puth, the Puth, which reached the apex last October. Levitating originally peaked at number six on the Radio Songs chart, 
this January and spent 10 weeks outside the top 10 in February through May before re-entering the top 10 as it surged as a soundtrack to clips on TikTok. This song is still a phenomenon. Yeah. And uh, friend of the podcast, Dua Lipa, congratulations on yet another number one. And also, by the way, I just saw that her she had to reschedule some tour dates for Europe. Yeah. Yeah. And, but she also teased that they were going to announce more European dates. And I'm kind of hoping that there's some American dates tossed in at some point. Oh, my point. gosh. I'm so ready for the Future Nostalgia Tour. Cannot yeah. wait. Future Nostalgia 2025. I don't care. I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if my children are 10 by then. I will be there. So, first up in news, after 13 years of near silence about the conservatorship that runs her finances and personal life, Britney Spears made a public statement to a judge last week saying she wants to end the abusive control over her life and end the conservatorship. And abusive, by the way, is Britney's words. Yes, in quotes. Speaking in open court for the first time in the case, Spears condemned her dad, Jamie Spears, and others who control her conservatorship, which she said has compelled her to use birth control and take medications against her will and prevented her from getting married or having another child. That was definitely the most shocking thing that I heard from it uh, last week. Um, And then uh, in a quote from the from the um, conservatorship hearing, she said, this conservatorship is doing me way more harm than good during her uh, 20 minute plus comments to the judge. Um, we had a colleague listening in on the session cause it was all virtual, uh, and nobody could see it. It was all audio. So Taylor Mims for billboard, uh, listened in on it and she had open like a Google doc that I was able to watch to, um, help our, like get things up quickly on Twitter and, and our article up and it was just like every word she typed got more and more shocking the entire thing. So it was just an absolutely um stunning um just absolutely stunning statement from Brittany and uh I like am speechless right now still. I haven't really talked about it with anyone since we're not in the office. We normally would like talk about this sort of thing, you know? Yeah. Katie's gonna going to um talk about some of the responses and and um reflections that some other pop stars had about Britney's statement in court. Um, I, I wanted to ask Katie, and I think you know the answer to this, the audio from the hearing is not actually legal to distribute, I believe, right? So like, though Britney herself spoke in her own voice and her own words to the court, technically, I don't think we're allowed to hear that, Correct. Yeah, and um, there were a lot of people who broke that rule. But um, in actuality, we we had set out we were gonna we were going to live tweet, and like one of the first things the judges judge said when it started was no live tweeting, oh, no wow. live tweeting, no recording, no disseminating the audio. Um, and they just they allowed reporters to listen in and you know report it as it happened uh, in written word, but that was it. Um, and I think that Brittany wanted this to be an open court and available, like the statements available to the public, but they didn't want it. They didn't want to exploit her voice and her, you know, celebrity. And so they didn't want the audio and video to get out in the world. So 
I what I did not go looking for this, but you know how Instagram does the discover feature. Mm. I happen to follow a lot of pop stars and music stuff, and up through my scroll, just suddenly audio of Britney Spears speaking started to play. I didn't look for it; it started to yeah. play, and I'm like, "Oh my god, this is Britney talking." I heard to this. part of it too, and I didn't mean to hear it. And I'm like, "Am I am I in trouble for having heard that?" <laughs> Because I no, don't they, even know who took posted a lot it. Down. It was just on someone's Instagram, and I don't even follow this person. The they were people were sharing it on um, on Twitter and Instagram, and I also passively found um, some audio. Came across audio on Twitter, and I think it was a video of um, you know some of the Free Britney protesters outside the courtroom. And so when I pressed play on it, I expected it was just going to be audio from outside the courtroom, but it was audio that that the protesters were listening to. Like they were all listening to it together outside mm. the courtroom on that day. So, um, yeah. So, yes, the answer to your question is that wasn't legal to be up and has since been pulled down from most places, okay. but it did get out there for a um, long time. We've heard Britney's talk in interviews for the past, you know, over a decade. And it was, it was, it was different hearing her voice this way. Because mm-hmm. it always seems like she's very, like, sort of guarded and um, cautious about what she says in interviews. And this seemed different. And I don't know if it was just because she was reading a statement, and I have no idea. It's hard It's hard to sort of make conclusions and judgments based upon just audio, and you don't see the person's face. But um, it was just... It's, I mean, I it, it was one thing to sort of see the words written down as another thing to kind of hear it come from her voice. Well... I kind of think that that's what her point was because mm. they talked about the fact that she has spoken in closed court before. And so that's never gotten out. We've never heard that. And she said, I felt like I wasn't heard previously. And she knew how she could get herself heard. And that's if her fans and the public heard her. If we heard her, then you can't ignore it. You can't ignore the things that she's saying because they're so... Um, you know, jarring. And yeah. so, whereas people who, you know, are used to this kind of language about conservatorships and making, you know, other people making medical decisions for people and all this, but we're looking at it like we, like you said, we we feel like we know Brittany. We've seen her grow up. We have seen lots of interviews with her. And we're like, wait, you know, this woman can't get married if she wants she can't have a baby if she wants she can't like what what are you talking about like right. we thought this was just her dad controlling her money no it's like so much deeper than that and she needed like she needed to say that for it to make this big of an impact you know yeah That's also I, I think, think every, also everyone still has to um really more fully um understand what a conservatorship does and um why why Brittany had one and you know um this is her this is her this is her speaking on behalf of herself yeah so uh it's something that we haven't we haven't heard before in the public and um this will be well, this will be very interesting to see where this goes it's made it so people are talking about the things that she cares about too because i've seen a lot of headlines where people are saying is it legal for a conservatorship to you know, make someone leave an IUD birth control in and not have kids? Like, is that legal? Like, New York Times is writing that headline now because of what Britney said. Right. Whereas the narrative was always controlled by the lawyers and everybody but Britney for the last 13 years. Right. So. Yeah. 
Anyway, sorry. Well, uh, Keith mentioned we um, posted a lot of reaction from um, from Britney's musician peers on uh, Billboard.com. Uh, Mariah Carey immediately tweeted after the hearing saying, we love you, Britney. Stay strong. Um, Halsey wrote, bless Britney, and I hope with my whole heart she is awarded freedom from this abusive system. She deserves it more than anything. I admire her courage speaking up for herself today. She later added, additionally, F anyone who thinks they have the authority as an institution or individual to control a person's reproductive health. Hashtag free Britney. Uh, one of the more surprising people to react so quickly the day of the hearing on Wednesday was Britney's longtime ex-boyfriend, Justin Timberlake. Uh, he tweeted after what we saw today, we should all be supporting Britney at this time, regardless of our past, good and bad. And no matter how long ago it was, what's happening to her is just not right. No woman should ever be restricted from making decisions about her own body. No one should ever be held against their will or ever have to ask permission to access everything they've worked so hard for. Jess and I send our love and our absolute support to Brittany during this time. We hope the courts and her family make this right and let her live however she wants to live. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, people heard from Brittany and then the response came in that powerfully because they heard Brittany herself speak and they saw her own words, whether they heard her or not. They saw her words yeah. um, in black and white. Uh, during her statement, Brittany requested that her conservatorship come to an end. So, of course, Billboard will be following uh, what happens next. Um because this is far from over. Um, this is just one, you know, big part in a in a big story. In new music news, Ed Sheeran is back with Bad Habits. In addition to his one-off song that he put out in December 2020, he also previously put out 2019's Billboard 200 topping number six collaborations project. This new track laments the bad decisions one makes late at night with the chorus saying, my bad habits lead to you. Ed released the song with a new video, which sees the pop singer slash songwriter as a vampire in a hot pink suit sure. flying through town with a crew of misfits. Uh, it's very Joaquin Phoenix Joker. S- sail on through the night, Lost Boys. Yeah, <laughs> and a lot of people are making comparisons to the weekend's after hours red suit as well, as if we just got through the red suit and now we've got the pink suit with like another like 80s sounding single. You know, anyway, uh, Bad Habits is the first single from Sheeran's yet untitled fifth studio album, which doesn't have a release date yet. Um, Keith, did you have a chance to watch the, the video? Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, I just I mean, I referenced the Lost Boys there um, because, <laughs> you know, it it. I mean, I'm actually having a hard time figuring out what's actually happening in the video. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to tell what's happening just because the... the well, okay, if you haven't watched the video, go watch the video. Yes. Um, to those listening. Um, and then what I'm saying will make a little bit more sense because um, I'm confused as to what's happening to the people in the video that are not vampires. <laughs> um, and then at the end, I'm a little confused as to what happens to all of the other vampires in like Ed's vampire posse, because what happens to them looks like it doesn't happen to him. Mm. Like he doesn't have the same thing happen to him at the end of the video. So um, I, I, I one just setting aside the video, if you never if you didn't watch the video and you just heard it for the first time and no one told you that it was Ed Sheeran, you may not immediately think that it was Ed Sheeran. I saw some comparisons to Charlie Puth. Sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, is it because it's so poppy? It's just like straightforward poppy? Because it's poppy and and his voice just sounds like just different. It sounds me. a little more subdued, I think, maybe than normal. I don't I mean, know. It's, it's, it's very pop dancey for, for Ed, which is, yeah. a little, is, I think, a sort of a curveball because you would expect him to be all strummy, strummy, guitar, guitar, you know? Well, but then Shape of You was his biggest hit. 
which was very poppy. I don't know. All right, fine. Then I'm full of it, Katie. That's what you're saying. Uh, Go ahead and uh, go listen to Ed Sheeran's Bad Habits so you can decide for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, So finally, on Sunday night's BET Awards, Cardi B revealed that she is pregnant with her second baby when she joined Migos along with her husband Offset on stage to perform in a bodysuit with a strategic mesh belly cutout showing off her baby bump. Uh, on Monday, she took to social media to share some new pregnancy photos with Offset and with her first daughter, Culture, who's almost three years old now. Writing wow. alongside, I know, writing alongside a picture with the Migos rapper, we listened to each other, communicated, prayed, and then God blessed us and our family with another little blessing. Our home feels so blissful and very busy, but we are ready and so happy. Thank you so much, everyone, for the congrats and well wishes. So... This one got me thinking because I was on on Sunday night uh, covering the BET Awards with our Billboard team. And I have to say, I just I love to see such a, a big public joyful announcement of a pregnancy, because as Keith and I were chatting about before recording, it's definitely different than what it used to be when it came to female musician musicians presenting their pregnancies to the world. So first, if you listen to the show, you know that I'm a mom. So I definitely tuned into this issue a lot more acutely once I had kids. But I think, you know, in the age of Beyonce, who revealed her pregnancy uh, with first daughter Blue on stage at the 2011 MTV Video Music Awards, it's easy to forget just how monumental that was, you know, just exactly a decade ago. And not to mention since then, B has announced her pregnancy with twins via Instagram and like had the highest like count on Instagram ever. She performed at the Grammys while five months pregnant with those twins, put out a whole Netflix movie about what it was like to bounce back from having those twins to put on the insanely demanding Coachella headlining performance less than a year later. So it's like all this stuff that's been centered on her being pregnant and having kids. And then, of course, Cardi herself, when she was pregnant with Culture back in 2018, She revealed that she was pregnant through a performance on Saturday Night Live and then made numerous award show appearances and shot music videos while pregnant since her debut album um, Invasion of Privacy was released right in the middle of her pregnancy. And it it just has not always been like this. It's my point. That's my my very long winded way of getting to the point that like this is is not always been that way. I started looking back at, um, you know, other examples of women who performed pregnant uh, before Beyonce. And uh, I came up with MIA uh, doing Swagger Like Us with Kanye, Jay-Z, Lil Wayne, and T.I. at the 2009 Grammys, um, which she is wearing, similar to Cardi, a like mesh cutout of her pregnant belly. Hmm. Um, but it's that's not a great comparison because MIA has always been, you know, like an outsider and done her own thing and doesn't like to fit the mainstream pop mold, even though she's had pop hits. Um, and then the other examples I found out there performances while pregnant before that, um, Beyonce Grammys moment, when you look at photos, it's clear that the women, you know, including pink Mariah Carey, Carrie Underwood, Jennifer Lopez, they're wearing outfits that don't make it clear that they're pregnant. So if you're just casually watching, you might not have any idea, um, that they're pregnant. It's just like, if you knew that they were pregnant, you're like, Oh, that's why they're wearing that flowy gown tonight. (laughs) So when Beyonce performed at the 2017 Grammys, it really caught my attention when Vanessa Williams tweeted um, and recalled her own story of performing pregnant at the Grammys back in 1993. And she was eight months pregnant at the time. And she tweeted, they never showed my pregnant belly when I sang my nominated Save the Best for Last. 
oh, how times have changed. Kudos, Beyonce. And when you watch that performance back now, she's wearing this, like, full coverage black gown and sitting down with her, like, arms strategically, like, straightened in front of her belly. And then she's shot mostly from, like, the, like, middle of her, like, from her elbow up. (laughs) It's, like, very clearly it's not clear whether you know that's what her team wanted or what the recording academy wanted or whatever whoever was telling her to do this but it's just really impossible to think of any big you know pregnant performance moments from the 90s or or earlier than that or maybe even from like 2000s early 2000s um you know keith you had mentioned that there's a couple of really high high profile madonna music videos that she filmed while she was pregnant but you would have no idea yeah, I know. It's yeah. it all goes back to Madonna. Keith, Madonna. Well, I mean, <laughs> uh, I'm not an expert on Beyonce nor J Lo, but I would like to pretend that I'm sort of a half-assed expert on Madonna when it comes to music. <laughs> and it was kind of a big deal for people to actually see her with a pregnant belly, and uh, she didn't film. I think the the music video that I was thinking of was the the video for "You Must Love Me." which was the first single from the soundtrack to the film Evita. Mm-hmm. And she's sitting behind a piano the entire time. And she was like super pregnant at the time. Um, and that was with her first child, uh, Lourdes. And then uh, a couple years later in 2000, um, and Katie didn't even know that this, and in this video I'm about to say, she didn't realize Madonna was pregnant. So in the video for music, Madonna's pregnant. She's probably like four or five months pregnant, but you and would you know never I've know. Seen that, I've seen that video a million times and I watched it after you told me this and still like you can watching it with that lens you can see how they obstructed the view of her belly but you never would have noticed it as being like awkward in any way um so I just I remember thinking of that and um thinking you know I'm I'm sure for I'm sure for, for those particular instances there were probably artistic decisions yeah based upon kind of the vision of the video at the time and you know, whatnot. I, I, you know, Madonna's Madonna. She can be like, Hey, I'm pregnant. I'm going to, I'm going to put it on display. But maybe I think for those particular videos, maybe the execution um, warranted something um, that uh, sort of disguised the, the pregnancy. Well, it's interesting. You know, I'm sure, you know, for you must love me, who knows when that video was shot versus when it was released. And it's not very timeless to show an exact pregnant belly. True. You know what I mean? And then it comes out three months later and maybe she's had the baby or maybe she's much more pregnant or whatever. And it's like a weird time marker. Um, and with the music video, like she's like glugging martinis in a strip club. <laughs> right. So. Yeah. For music. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. It's not, quote unquote I mean, martinis. <laughs> I mean, look, if, if you do you, I mean, if that's your thing, probably you shouldn't. Um, <laughs> Oh, another one I thought of when Whitney Houston did um, I'm Every Woman from the Bodyguard soundtrack when she covered I'm Every Woman. In that video, she is pregnant, but they they start to disguise it at the beginning, but sort of midway through, it's pretty obvious that she is pregnant. They just give up on it? Well, I I think she kind of wanted to embrace that in the video. So she's still wearing all black. Yeah. So, you know, it's not like she's wearing a cutout mesh number. (laughs) Um, but it's, it's just, it's, I think it's, it's, it's interesting how things have changed over the Mm. past, like 20, 30 years where, you know, perhaps, um, um, female musicians have more sort of control and agency over, um, you know, their artistic sort of, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, Katie? Presentation? Yeah. 
Um, because you know, maybe, maybe, maybe we now have a track record of, of female pop stars going, really guys, it's not that big of a deal. And it's right. something that we all know, and we all have moms. We all came from somewhere. It's okay. And, but you know, I mean, there's always probably people in suits saying, well, we don't know. I mean, this could damage your marketability as like a sexy female singer. If people realize you are pregnant, like, right. I mean, who knows? No, anyway. and it's and it's interesting, like you said, it all obviously also can be an artistic choice. And, you know, we all know examples of like uh, TV actresses who like hid their pregnancies while they were filming because obviously like their character's not pregnant, right? Like they have to right. like that, put, you know, a, a pillow in front of their belly or whatever. Or, or you work it into it. Like, I mean, just because Friends had the reunion recently, I was reminded of how Lisa Kudrow worked her pregnancy into the show. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, the other characters did not because, yes. you know, th- but they faked a pregnancy on the show before the yeah. storyline. Exactly. Oh, the irony. So, like, that's that's different. And obviously, you know, Madonna is able to say, yes, I want to show this. Yes, I do not. And, you know, maybe, you know, it wasn't like the suits, the executives telling her to do that. It was more so that she was trying to cherish the, oh, cherish. She was trying to cherish that sex symbol, you know, thing and, and didn't want to take away from that if that was her presentation. So, like, that could have been her own, you know, agency, etc. But, like, it is just wildly different. And it feels like it really, like, turned on a dime exactly 10 years ago with with Beyonce, where now if you want to put it out there like that, like, it's not only you know, not that crazy, it's celebrated and yeah. as culture show or culture <laughs> as Cardi showed um on the BET Awards. Um I also thought of Billboard had Margot Price on the cover back in twenty nineteen, pregnant. Her and Brandy Carlisle were standing there together and actually I saw I found a tweet from Margot where she's like, a pregnant lady and a lesbian on the cover of Billboard <laughs> so i i just love that it's just like a normal yeah it's just a normal thing and it's just it's very cool to see and um congratulations to cardi by the way um i could honestly talk about this forever because i obviously am very invested in it but i'll get off my soapbox now and just say like congratulations to cardi and offset all right well now it's time for the chart stat of the week This week in 1988, Michael Jackson made chart history as his single Dirty Diana ascended to number one on the Hot 100, marking the fifth number one from his Bad album. It was the first time one album had spun off five number ones on the Hot 100. Dirty Diana climbed two to one on the July 2nd, 1988 dated chart and followed Bad's earlier number ones, I Just Can't Stop Loving You with Saida Garrett, the album's title track, The Way You Make Me Feel, and Man in the Mirror. Since Bad, only one other album has yielded five number ones, Katy Perry's Teenage Dream, which launched the number one singles California Girls featuring Snoop Dogg, the album's title track, Firework, E.T. featuring Kanye West, and Last Friday Night, T-G-I-F. So there you have it. This week in 1988, Michael Jackson's Bad became the first album with five number one singles on the Hot 100. We've reached the end of our um, our big show. It, it, I, um, <laughs> what song should we go out on, Katie? 
Oh my goodness. A Beyonce and track, Love on Top. Uh, I'm I'm obsessed with love. Actually, you know what I'm really obsessed with is Countdown by Beyonce, which okay. also references uh, you know, expanding her and Jay Z's family. So that's good. Let's go out and Beyonce Countdown. All right. See you guys next time. Bye. Bye.